Welcome, 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 everybody, to another Fearlessly Feral Living podcast. This is Reverend Karen Lindsley, and today we are going to continue talking about divine discomfort. Our My quote for today, my, my beginning quote, and I love this quote, where comfort ends, transformation begins. And I'm going to repeat that because I really like that quote. Where comfort ends, transformation begins. So if you're feeling a bit off or anxious or sad or like the other shoe's going to drop any minute now, you might want to stick around and listen to what I have to say here. So in this month of February, yes, we are leaning into divine discomfort. And last week's podcast or a couple weeks ago, because there was a convention in the middle of that, I discussed successfully dealing with change. And now we're going to talk about simply learning to successfully live with being uncomfortable. Because I'm here to tell you, yes, it is possible to live and actually feel comfortable within the uncomfort, within the discomfort. That's where the divinity comes in. But first, I've got to do my little introduction. So here we are. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Fearlessly Feral Living. I'm broadcasting to you from the Woogie Ranch out here in the back 40 of Northwestern Nevada, where I'm a half an hour away from the nearest gas station and the nearest grocery store. Our mission here at Fearlessly Feral Living is to provide a strong and unshakable inner foundation that works for long-term successful living. Our purpose is to activate inner self-awareness and our vision is a world in which everyone lives wild and free. In other words, fearlessly feral. So back to our topic. It comes from the Centers for Spiritual Living Global Themes. And yes, the theme for February is divine discomfort. And yes, I'm going to give you that quote again, where comfort ends, transformation begins. And I have learned that every time I have transformed my life or it has been transformed for me, I've become a better person for it which means that every time I've been uncomfortable in my life and then transformed as a result, I've become a better person for it. Conversely, every time I've been uncomfortable and denied it or stuffed it or ignored it or gaslighted it, that uncomfortability grew and grew and grew into a monster that eventually turned into either a physical illness or a manifestation of lack or limitation in my life. So we're at choice here, guys. We can lean into this divine discomfort. We're not. But there's consequences for all of our choices. So consider that you are not alone in this discomfort that I'm feeling. And maybe you are too. Lots of people are feeling very uncomfortable right now. I don't know about you. But it's helpful to know that I'm not alone in experiencing the things I'm experiencing. And I have a perfect illustration to demonstrate this not alone thing. I also call this not alone thing oneness. But this story made me smile. It did my heart good. You know, Elmo, you know, that Elmo of Sesame Street fame. He posted a simple question on his ex, aka Twitter account. And he said, how is everyone doing? Well, he was inundated with thousands of responses, most of which expressed some type of despair. 
Yep. A lot of us are feeling it. It got so big, this question and the responses to it, that other Sesame Street characters got in the action. And my favorite character, the Cookie Monster, <laughs> go figure, promised to bring cookies to help everyone feel better. So if you live locally and you don't feel so good, let me know. I'll bring you some cookies. I'll make you cookies. I've done this before. It works. Trust me. Turns out there is both a scientific and a spiritual answer to the question of why is everyone feeling this existential angst? The quantum physics answer is entanglement and the spiritual answer is oneness. So oneness tells us that we are all connected. Oneness tells us that anything that I'm thinking and feeling, other people are thinking and feeling it too. Oneness tells us that we're all connected on deep, deep levels. How does it tell us that? It tells us that because if you believe, as I do, that God is everywhere present, everywhere, all places, there is no place where God is not. Okay, if you can get that far, then if there's no place where God is not, then God is within each and every one of us. So if God is within each and every one of us and God is also everywhere else, that means we are connected. That's oneness. And if we're feeling a certain thing, other people are feeling it too. And if we're thinking and saying a certain thing, other people are saying that too. It's really... This concept of oneness, I totally went off my notes now and I'm not going to go back to it. I'm on a roll here. This concept of oneness allows me to know and to think about the things that I'm thinking, the things that I'm saying, the actions that I'm taking because of oneness. Everything that I think and say and do has the power and potential to affect everyone else around me and further and beyond because we are all deeply connected with that oneness thing. So, yeah, if we're all connected, we're all feeling this and we are all connected. That's the spiritual reason for why we're all feeling this thing, why we are not alone. Now, let me give you a scientific explanation, which I think is almost as fun as the cookie monster. <laughs> Here's where the geekiness in me comes out. Quantum physics. I was ecstatic to learn that through quantum physics is proof that what we teach in this thing called science of mind is real. It's backed up by scientific fact. Oneness in quantum physics language is called entanglement. Quantum entanglement challenges our conventional understanding of space and time, suggesting a fundamental interconnectedness exists throughout the universe. A fundamental interconnectedness throughout the universe. Interconnectedness is a key tenet in many spiritual traditions, as it is in ours, often promoting the concept of oneness or unity. See how that went around full circle? I just love that. If someone is feeling something, we're all feeling it to some degree or the other. 
And yeah, I've been feeling it big time. These last few years, since about 2015-ish or so, I've done deeper and more spiritual practices than I ever have in my entire life. So in one way, all the angst and the, 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 the stuff that's going on in the world, it's done me good because I've gone deeper into my spiritual practices. And there is some very real and gnarly and challenging stuff going on. We've got a guy who wants to be dictator of the United States, and he's making a lot of noise. We have a large segment of the population that is determined based on this guy's leadership to dismantle this democracy as we know it. I'm seeing it happen everywhere from my local school board to the state political party, to the nationwide one, along with that guy who wants to be dictator. We've got climate change showing up with harsh winters and deadly heat in the summer and lots and lots of fires. We've got COVID. We've got people behaving badly and lots of violence. So yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling this stuff. I'm uncomfortable. I'm a little frightened. Sometimes I'm a lot frightened. Thank God for spiritual practices. But Ernest Holmes says in the Science of Mind textbook, fear brings limitation and lack in its wake and destroys the happiness and possibility of a greater degree of livingness to those who suffer from it. Fear blocks the more complete givingness of the spirit to its highest form of manifestation on this planet, which is humankind. So basically what he's saying is, Fear brings limitation and lack. If we're living from a consciousness of fear, we've got limitation and lack in our life. And if we're living from a consciousness of fear, all possibility of happiness and abundance is destroyed. So if you're not happy and you're you have lack in your life, you might want to look at whether or not you think you're experiencing fear. And you might want to examine what fear looks like for you in your life. The key here is, because we're all feeling this stuff, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to continue to be uncomfortable and to rant and rave and complain and behave badly? Or are we going to lean into it and learn from it and get our creative juices flowing and come together and create something new and different that works for more people than ever? This is where the transformation begins. And we can do this on personal levels as well as society levels. But it begins personally inside each and every one of us. There are ways to move from fear to faith without going into spiritual bypass or denial and without, without sticking our heads in the sand. I don't know about you, but I believe I have a responsibility not to be, not to have... In, Oh my goodness, what's the word I'm looking for? Apathy, not to be apathetic with this stuff. I have a responsibility to get involved if I care, and I do care very much. If you don't care, then you don't have a responsibility to get involved. But I believe we do. We have a responsibility. We cannot be apathetic with this stuff. It's too important. There's too much at stake. So we have to be well and accurately informed, but we need to not go crazy in the process. 
We need to allow those feelings and process them, but not let them take over. So how to do that? Here's some spiritual practices for you that can help you live with this and respond healthy and well to it and get involved, but not go crazy behind it. First, remember, you're not alone. Honestly, hearing that thousands of people responded with very real replies to a cartoon character's how are you tells me the depth of this issue. And it also simultaneously comforts me. Because to be honest, I've been feeling anxiety to the point where it's making my doctor squawk about high blood pressure. And it's making me think I might just have to resort to taking meds and going into therapy, which for me are very, very drastic actions. But hearing I'm not alone tells me that not only is there a spiritual solution to this angst, but it also reminds me that I have a responsibility as a leader to take care of my own angst so that I can better serve. And while I'm at it, not contribute to the angst of the populace. This helps me. And I have news for you. Even if you don't consider yourself a leader, you're a member of the populace. You are a member. You have a responsibility to get involved here. Okay, I'm going to get off of that one now. <laughs> the second thing, okay. We first, oneness, remembering we aren't alone. The second thing, now this isn't really taught in science of mind, but I began hearing about it back in the days when I was going through tremendous transformation in my life. And I was in the beginning of ministerial school and I was enlarging my spiritual life as well. There's a lot of stuff on the outside happening. My one career was going away and a new career was coming in and I moved and I lost my house and ah, blah, 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 blah. And I was enlarging my spiritual life. And that was when I began to wake up in the morning, not knowing anything that was going on in the outside world and being a little out of touch with the outside world, honestly, but feeling this incredible dismay and despair and angst. And I couldn't understand what that was all about. And then I finally figured out that because people told me, I started talking about this. It got so bad. I had to share about it with my friends and they went, ah, you're an empath, Karen. That's simple. And I went, what? They said, you're an empath. Who knew? Okay. Getting spiritual for me meant I've developed some empath tendencies. And then they proceeded to tell me how it was important to keep a bubble, to create a bubble, to wrap around myself, to protect myself from all those energies swir swirling around. Now, to be honest with you, I use this tool very sparingly because I haven't yet figured out how to screen out the angst but let in all the good stuff. I tend to think in terms of all or nothing. I've either got that bubble well and firmly wrapped around me to the point where I ain't feeling a goddamn thing, or I don't have a bubble at all. It's hard for me to find the middle ground, but maybe you can do better at it. This bubble stuff is like vulnerability. We have to be vulnerable or we aren't open to all the good stuff that life has to offer but not so vulnerable that we become victims. There's a middle ground there. I've been able to find that middle ground, but the, the bubble stuff, yeah, not so much yet, yet. I'm working on it. It's a process. <sighs> so recognize your oneness, your connectedness with other people. 
wrap a bubble around yourself with balance if you need to. The third thing is treatment. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know what I mean by that. You know I'm talking about affirmative prayer. I'm a religious scientist, guys. I pray with affirmative prayer. It's not a beseeching to an outside entity. It's an affirmation of my good. Affirmative prayer in review, five steps. God is, I am, it's done, thanks, bye. (laughs) First step, God is. We recognize God is everywhere present. Second step, we recognize that we're a part of that. God is a part of us and we are a part of it. When we have that connectedness, when we have that oneness, guess what, guys? Here's the beauty of it. We speak with all the power of God at our fingertips and in our consciousness. Our words have power. That's the deal right there. So we speak our word in the first person, present tense, feeling and knowing that what I am speaking is manifesting in in me right here and right now. And then I express my gratitude and I release and I anchor. And so it is and it is done. That's affirmative prayer. So what have I been treating for lately? Believe it or not, I've been treating for release. This is all wrapped up in all the angst and the anxiety that I've been feeling. And in the high blood pressure that the the doctor's squawking about and all the other stuff. And I'm beginning to think that release needs to be added to the list of spiritual practices in my latest book. So I've added it. You may be wondering why it's not there in the first place. And here's where it might be a a surprise to those of you who are listening who are religious scientists. In religious science, God is a part of us. It's not an outside entity. So there's that little tiny question of what is it I'm releasing to? I can't release to something out there because God is within me. I can't do that Christian thing of letting go and letting God because that isn't my belief system. For me, God doesn't do stuff. For me, God is a part of me that gives me the power to do stuff. So that kind of releasing simply doesn't work for me. So, but I had to do something because I was desperate. (laughs) I was really desperate. So I came to terms with this. Releasing can also be called letting go or allowing. It's the opposite of controlling. Releasing is about going with the flow. Releasing is about faith and trust. Control, on the other hand, is about fear. When we have to control everything in our life, guess what? That's fear. When we have to control everything to the down to the minutest detail, that's fear, guys. Now, there's detail-oriented people that, who are not in fear. Bless them. I'm so grateful for them because when I work with them and collaborate with them, they take care of all those little details that, quite frankly, never even occur to me. They don't occur to me. But there's a happy medium there. We release and we trust and we have faith. But we also have boundaries. We set them. We enforce them. We take care of ourselves. We do self-care. We don't just willy-nilly go along with whatever happens. That just makes us a victim. 
But somewhere in there, there's this release piece. And I've never been one to release in the past again, because it's my understanding that God doesn't do things. It's not outside of me. It doesn't make decisions for me. It 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 doesn't take, take care of things. I don't pray to a God to do this for me or do that for me because that's not in my belief system. And I learned all that from religious science. God is an energy force that is a part of me, just as I'm a part of it. And it does provide me with the power to do things, to make my own good decisions and to take care of things. Again, that makes release a little difficult. But like I said, I was desperate. So I released and I don't know how I did it. I can, I just know that I did it. <laughs> I got instant relief. I took my blood pressure, it was normal. But there's still that whole question of what I'm releasing too. So not only did I not know how I did this thing, I didn't know what I released too, but I know I released. And guess what? I don't have to know. I don't have to know. That's all part of the releasing. We don't have to know. Just set the intention to release. And then it, it just happens. I don't need to worry about the how or the what. So that spiritual stuff is really powerful. If you're experiencing problems, if you're feeling anxious, if you've got high blood pressure, if you're frustrated because the world isn't doing it your way, try releasing. Just letting go. Just don't worry about who, who or what you're releasing to. That's not the point. You just release. Let it go. Simply set the attention and don't worry about how to do it or what to release to. You just release. And I came up with a little, little tagline. Today I release and I feel peace. It rhymes. I'm so impressed whenever I can come up with something that rhymes. It rhymes. Today I release and I feel the peace. Okay, last but not least, I'm going to throw a dirty word at you. Yep, this word is a dirty word in some people's world. It's an F word. No, it's not that one. It's faith. Yes, for some people, faith is a dirty word. I've had people tell me, I'm not doing faith. That's a dirty word for me. I don't like it. It triggers me. I'm like, okay, find another word. Find another word. Some people like the word allowing for faith, which, by the way, is another word for releasing. Whatever word works for you, find it and use that. You don't have to use the word faith. But when we have faith, we allow ourselves to believe in something greater. We allow ourselves to know that there is all good all the time. All the stuff that's happened in my life, humming in the background, like a background application on a computer, was always the deep-seated and firm belief that everything that happens it for me, not to me, but for me in this world, is ultimately for my greatest good. Did it feel like shit going through it? You betcha. But I never forgot that one fact about my belief system, always for my greatest good, and it has been. Ernest Holmes equates faith with an expectancy of good, and that works for me. 
And it also works for me that if I don't have faith, I have fear. Because remember that there are only two states of consciousness, fear or faith. And if we have fear, we are back to limitation and lack that destroys happiness. Faith, on the other hand, destroys fear. Can't have both in the same entity. You either got faith or you got fear. And you can use treatment to get to faith. You can treat for faith, you know. Works, it really does. So there you have it. Many of us are uncomfortable, and I'm suggesting to lean into that and allow it and process it. Don't deny it. And move into a more positive frame of mind using treatment <laughs> and get a little bit of faith or whatever you want to call it and lean into that greater way of living by beginning to live in the consciousness of oneness to know that you are not alone. Use the practices of treatment. Use releasing. Use faith. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I am knowing Fearlessly Feral Living for me and for you. And it's short notice, but on Monday, March the 4th at 2 p.m. Pacific, I'm sponsoring a book study based on the book called Trust, Mastering the Four Essential Elements of Trust. It's by Iyanla Van Zant. This book study is free. It will be from two to four for five weeks, every single Monday afternoon with March 4th. Contact me if you want to join in with this. Again, I thank you for your listening and for your support. And again, I am knowing fearlessly for a living for me and for you. So is the dog. If you can hear the, dog, the barking in the background. Fearlessly for a living is a focused ministry of Centers for Spiritual Living. And your support is much appreciated and fully tax deductible. And you can support us in a number of ways. Buzzsprout, if you go to Buzzsprout and find our podcast, Fearlessly Feral Living, there's a little button you can click to donate. Or you can go to our PayPal page, which is Karen Lindsley NV, the abbreviation for Nevada, Karen Lindsley NV. And our website, where it has all this information and more is fearlesslyferal.org. And until then, namaste. I am knowing fearlessly feral living for you and for me. Thank you.